Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sorianis. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. People who uh, read our magazine and listen to our podcast know that our program is non-political. We are focused on positive stories regarding Taekwondo and the impact and culture surrounding practitioners' lives. We have published stories on either side of the political aisle. Last year, we did a feature of New York State Senator, Republican Elaine Phillips, and today we are proud to have Democratic Assemblyman Ron Kim joining us for a conversation. Assemblyman Kim is a Korean-born New York State, New York City resident who happens to be the first and only Korean-American representative in the New York State government. I had the honor and the privilege to meet Assemblyman Kim several years ago at as he was being presented with an award from Korea's Kukiwan, the Taekwondo headquarters, for his public service at the New York Open Taekwondo Championships and Korean Cultural Festival, one of the largest Korean cultural festivals in New York State. Assemblyman Kim is a distinguished and thoughtful community leader. He is the son of immigrants, the son of small business people, a family man, a sportsman, and a man who believes in walking the walk and not just talking the talk as it relates to effectuating change in our communities. I think you'll find this episode particularly interesting and particularly informative. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. We are very honored and privileged today to be speaking to New York State Assemblyman Ron Kim. Assemblyman Kim is the New York State Assembly representative from the 40th Assembly District, which is uh, based in the heart of Queens, New York, New York City. Assemblyman Kim, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, just call me Ron, please. Very good, Ron. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you. Um, our, our audience is uh, very diverse. Uh, we have an international audience which is founded uh, largely in, in Taekwondo practitioners, but many of them are uh, Asian-American, and many of them are, are uh, based in and around New York City. I wanted to speak to you about your, uh, a little bit about your life and service. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet. Uh, I met Assemblyman Kim in Iran in uh, 2016, I think, at the New York State Taekwondo Open uh, Championships and Korean Cultural Festival. It's one of the largest Korean cultural festivals in the downstate area. And the Kukiwan had uh, been presenting uh, Ron with an award for his uh, public service as a uh, Korean American. So, uh, so tell me, uh, you you came, if, if if I'm correct, you were born in Korea and came to the United States as uh, a young boy. Is that that's correct? That's correct. So I. I came here as an immigrant. I was seven years old when I came here, and my parents brought me to 
flushing Queens in 1987. Uh, the Mets had just won the World Series, and um, it was a good time for to be a Mets fan. And Ronald Reagan was the president of the United States at the time. And my uncle was at the time the only Republican Korean American, I believe, in this part of Queens. And he was a big fan of Ronald Reagan, so he wanted to name me, give me that name when I came to this country. Oh wow, that 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 is ter- that is terrific. I had no idea that, that that's a very interesting story. Um, so, when you do, you have recollection um, of your time in in Korea, or was were you too young? No, no, I, I have I have fond memories when I, I I finished up to first grade in Korea. Um, I was enrolled in. In Taekwondo, I, I finished up to my yellow belt before I came here, and I know I, I have the fondest memories, you know, growing up and and having you know friends and family and cousins uh, surrounding me um, all the time in, in the country. And and I know and whenever I have a chance, even even when I was elected, I try to go back, uh, try to reconnect with my roots um, as much as much as possible. That's great. That, that that's terrific. So let me ask you a question before we get into your um, foray in, into politics. Did you find maybe not something you were conscious of, but I know that for for my family, which uh, my family's Greek immigrants, uh, that my father came over at a time to New York State and to the city. Um, Greece was a very homogeneous society, as Korea is. Um, immersed in he was immersed in Greek culture, Greek language really only uh, exposed to Greek people, and then ending ending up in a place like Queens, uh, one of the most culturally diverse uh, places in the world. Was that something that was abundant and apparent to you as a shocking experience, or as a child it was something that you just took in stride? Or do you have any recollection of that? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a combination of all those things, but at the core of it all, whether you – you know, come from Greece or South Korea, I think we share the same experience in the sense that um, our father's generations and our older generations, they sacrificed, they took that risk not knowing um, what the outcome might be because they care very deeply about the next generation and, 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 and their success. You know, and I think I think that's what brings so many different people to this country. And you know, when we got here, it was obviously very intimidating, and my parents didn't speak uh, English well, um, and I was I had to readjust. Um, but seeing and, and being and seeing and being around other immigrants who came here for the same purpose and reason, I think we we became very comfortable uh, being around other cultures and and trying to learn from others, and that's really the value of coming to a place like Queens. That's a, that's a very interesting uh, perspective, and I think that's very interesting. I talk to – I always try to, to um, make the analogies that relate to uh, martial arts, but people always talk about the fact that there's all, all different types of styles, uh, whether it be taekwondo, karate, kung fu. And I always like to think that the things that uh, connect people who practice the martial arts are deeper than the things that separate, which is very similar to what you're saying to, in terms of being part of the – immigrant experience coming to to new york state right is that the things that connect the people that are here are 
the things that we have in common are probably much greater than the things that we we have apart, regardless of what we may otherwise think. Well, that's great. So as a as a young boy, your your family, it, it, my understanding is your family had a were small business owners, and you worked in and around, or you spent time in and around, um, around their small business in 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 the Queens area. Is that right? Yeah. No, my my parents ran a ran a grocery store in Upper Manhattan. Uh, when when we got here, and I grew up, ended up being the only child of immigrant small business owners. I grew up uh, around the store. I used to go to Hunts Point Market sometimes with my dad to pick up early morning some of the goods that we had to sell for the day. Um, so I got to experience at a very young age the entire ecosystem of what a small business owner in the 80s and 90s had to go through to survive. And I also went through some hardships, you know, when my parents had had struggled and had to file for bankruptcy and shut down their small business. Um, just as such, when I was about to go into high school, uh, I also, you know, got to witness how hard it is to be an immigrant, to be a small business owner, and that really set me on a on a path to become a, a public servant and try to try to try to figure out the pieces for other immigrants and other small business owners that are just trying to come here and, and realize the American dream. And, and every day I still think about like what I need to be doing to make sure that we can connect those dots and provide those opportunities. So that, that's very interesting, and that sort of le- was leading into my next question, which, which you, you really covered in part, is, is as someone who is in a city where your family is a small, small business owners, and are dealing with the struggles of the day-to-day operations, and as a, an ethnic minority where there's virtually no um, nobody of in representation in politics, either locally or even really nationally, that is from your ethnic group, did you ever conceptualize that you would make that transition into public into public service? And and how did you you do that? It sounds to me a lot of what you're talking about is is transitioning what you saw as a need to fix some problems and 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 deal with some problems and take the initiative on that. But is is there more to it than that, or is that really the genesis for how you ended up in the position that you are today? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a combination of all those things. It's, it's something that's deeply personal for me, and um, and so educational. Like I, I went to college to study political science public policy, you know, I focus on um, my advanced degree in public policy and, and my journey to try to better understand what happened to people like my parents, you know, never stopped um, since I was in high school. And, you know, it, it, initially when you're a kid, and when you see people that around you fail, the immediate reaction is, uh, you know, anger, you know, frustration, anxiety, maybe even depression, all those things, you know, happen to you. Um, and I, I went through the same cycle. Initially, I blamed my parents. Uh, I was so disappointed, you know, why, you know, I blamed them for be, not, not being uh, proficient English speakers, you know, for not being able to readjust. And I went through all those cycles until I realized, um, like, our policymakers and our, our government we're no longer taking care of small business owners like we used to. You know, we, and this was something that we consciously made a choice to take care of like the biggest 
players in the market, and we've neglected to support our mom and pop stores for the last few decades. So this is this is you know where I am now as a lawmaker, trying to reverse that and trying to make the case that like our country is much better when we're when we're protecting our local economies and our local neighborhoods. That's wonderful, and I and I and I couldn't agree with you more. And and based upon you know my experience as being involved in. Uh, small business owners, my family's small business owners, uh, Greek immigrants, but also involved in the martial arts and the martial arts schools because martial arts schools for the most part uh, owners are also, many of them are immigrants and even those that are first generation, they tend to be small business owners. They tend to serve local communities and they tend to do, um, they tend to give back a tremendous amount to to their communities in terms of community outreach uh, and education and yep. and certainly those are the types of of things that need to be to be encouraged and protected. Um, let's talk a little bit about sports. I know that you have in your um, in your high school and your college days you you were uh, involved in football and track. Um, I don't know if there were other sports as well. Uh, I know you said you did uh, taekwondo in, in Korea. I don't know if you did any martial arts in the United States. But how did the um, the philosophies and the things you learned um, in sports uh, yeah, helped sure. you to uh, take that message and 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 utilize those those messages in your approach to um, the challenges of your life and the challenges of your uh, uh, professional and public service career. Yeah, yeah. I've I've also um, I wrestled in high school and I I, I was third in my weight class at the States my junior year. So wrestling actually ended up being one of my favorite sports growing up. Um, and uh, like, and I continued to play football in college. So sports uh, has been an integral part of my life, um, you know, growing up. And I'm still, you know, actively um, working out and, and making sure I take care of my health. Um, and, you know, it, it, philosophically and mentally, it shaped the person who I am now, and it continues to uh, shape me every single day. The lessons that I learned uh, in sports, in martial arts, to the football field, I mean, it's, it's invaluable. And I think at the, at the core of it, for me, it's about really teaching uh, character and self-control uh, and, and learning how to really coexist with others and, and really you know, just being able to control um, some of the natural urges that we have going up and, and being able to really focus on a long-term, you know, passion, you know. And, and, and I think these days we compete, as you know, like our kids and our youth, you know, we compete against technology, social media. I mean, I mean the, the, the attention span uh, I think the kids have these days, it's, it's so small. You know, and, yes. and there's constant distractions. And we all know, like, in, in life, in order for you to succeed, like, you got, once you find something you're passionate about, you need the discipline to pursue it, you know. And, and, and I think sports is the only place where you can unplug, go into a, you know, you know a, a taekwondo center or, or, or a sports, a teamwork, whatever it is you're going, and focus on that and learn those valuable traits. So, yes, like, every day, um, I still, I, I believe I'm successful at what I'm doing because I'm able to persist 
that I have determination, regardless of the hardships that I may face and the setbacks, I know that I'm going to continue to bounce back and stay resilient, and I got that from my sports days. That's wonderful, and that's a wonderful message, and, and, and I agree with all of that. And for me personally, you know, my kids have been off for the summer, and rather than them sitting home and playing video games, I've had them make sure that they're at Taekwondo camp so that they're uh, fully engaged on a daily basis and, like you said, unplug and do something physical and and concentration. So now in, in terms of that, I, I, at the risk of embarrassing you, you talk about self-control and you talk about the lessons that you've learned. Um, there's, a, there's a famous story about you. Uh, once you were already an assemblyman in, in, in Queens where you um, apprehended a purse snatcher on the streets of, of New York City, uh, where you physically restrained him until the police came. And the thing that I found most impressive about that story over and above the fact that you um, you really did become en- engaged uh, in, in a very humane way was your comments afterward when I saw you you interviewed and your comments in terms of of understanding the seriousness of the situation, but also taking the, the humane approach to saying that there's people in on the streets that that suffer from uh, mental illness and 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 difficulties that uh, society needs needs to look at, I found to be an extremely um, humane and uh, open-minded approach to to that situation where it would have been really much easier to simply vilify uh, the quote-unquote bad guy. Um, so I thought that that was really impressive. I didn't know what the, the feedback was. You, you sort of were you really played the role of hero uh, without, you know, I, I don't think it's an understatement to, to, to say that, that it was a heroic thing that you did. No, I, I appreciate that. You know, and, and I appreciate you bringing up what we try to do in the back end because the media wasn't really focused on how we try to help um, that person, the person snatcher. Uh, you know, obviously they care about the most sensationalized part and, you know, the act of tackling him or they all, you know, they all, that's all they wanted to ask, you know, but they, they, what's, what was important, I think, in that story was the follow-up that we've actually, my team and I, you know, spent, you know, tracking him down um, and learning more about what happened to him. And, and, and he was, a, and this was a young man from Queens that had a nice union job uh, two years prior to this incident. And what, what, what happened from then? Yeah, and, and, we, and we spent a lot of time researching and tracking down what happened to him. And, and here was a young man that, that suffered from mental illness. He, was, he had addiction problems. He lost a job. But he came from, a, you know, like a middle-class family, like, any, like many, many of us. He grew up in Long Island, you know, and, and we just lost him along the way. And what happened was, like, we kept recycling him into Rikers Island and, and, and our prison system. He wasn't in and out of jail like 12 times in two years. And obviously he needed to get some treatment and help, you know, so we were able to actually work with the mayor's office and, and interject and get him, out, get him out of the court system to get him some therapy that he desperately needed. Um, you know, so I think, I think, that, and, and, and it's important, and I, I find it very impressive that you're actually bringing that point up because, you know, people often stereotype martial arts and, you know, Taekwondo and, you know, the, the fighting part, right? We're like, we, right. you know, we, we glorify the, uh, the violence or whatever, you know, but, the, but I, 
I think they miss when people would think that way are missing the larger point. Like Taekwondo is an art. It is it is about humanity. It's about our you know it's about dealing with our inner selves and sometimes our inner demons. But when we do that, we become humane again. We can we can see others and at, at a human level. And and I think that's a beautiful thing about about Taekwondo and other martial arts that often gets lost. In, in mainstream rhetoric, the, the, the meditation, the self-control, all that stuff, you know, allows us to actually think of others, you know, with with a deeper sense of understanding and compassion that we we desperately lack these days in our society. I, I agree with you completely, and it's one of the things I've loved about it for over 30 years is the ability to uh, help individuals to live their best life uh, one at a time in groups uh, and to be able to do it in a, in a community way where people feel um, safe and that they also feel a sense of um, the fact that it transcends race, color, um, socioeconomics, so that when you're in the dojang, it becomes a product of people's um, ability, ability to work and how hard they're willing to work and how hard they're willing to commit to, to, to the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things I've loved about it. Now, for you, one of the things that's so incredibly Im- impressive is that you are, and I'm sure I'm probably not going to get all of this right, but when you were elected in uh, 2012, you became the first Korean-American elected to the New York, to New York State government. Um, you are still the only Korean-American, and probably you may be one or, of a handful of ever Asian-Americans um, elected to, to New York State government is that is that correct? That's correct. Um, you know, but we're seeing we're seeing more uh, people, younger people, getting involved, and I think you know we will we'll see more um, Korean and Asian Americans uh, running for public office in the near future. Do, do you see yourself in the taking on the the additional role? Uh, which I think you always have in public service, but perhaps there's a greater burden on you. I don't know if you feel it or not, in that not only as a public servant, as somebody who served the people of New York City and New York State, uh, of being a a significant role model for young uh, uh, Korean-American children, um, you know, in in the state and in in the country about the the limitless power of uh, their potential? Uh, I, you know, I don't, that's a tough question because I don't, you know, it's, I do my best. Um, I try whenever I have a chance to talk to young people, I always take that opportunity to do so. I think there is nothing more important to me than passing the baton on to the next generation to make sure that they're in a better place to become even better leaders. Um, and keep an open mind, you know, and I think young people these days, they want to be part of the process. I mean, that's one of the difference between, I don't know how, I don't know how old you are, Mark, but. I'm um, 51. 51, I'm 40. So you're a little bit older than me. Uh, but for some of the young folks that, and I have three young daughters, and I think about this every single day, um, you know, what, what the world is going to be like when they grow up. Um, and it's it's a little bit different than than when I grew up, you know. Like young people, they want to be a part of something greater. They want to be part of the process. You know, they want to have ownership. 
And I think that's a good thing. And, and I see my role as, as trying to facilitate their sense of civic and public duty. Um, and, and it's an important one for, I think, Asian and Korean-American immigrants because um, our older generations, they didn't have that luxury. You know, my dad's generation, they didn't have a luxury to look up. You know, they had to put food on the table. You know, they didn't have a luxury to go vote or worry about the local representatives. You know, they just had to survive. And I think, I think the younger generation is in a privileged place to actually be in a leadership role to determine the future of this country. So I want to make sure that I can facilitate that for them. I think that's that's so incredibly important, and I think that you know you have a a, a you're a young man, but you have a lifetime of, of public service that backs up that this, that these are not simply you know empty rhetoric or or or, or just political campaign slogans. And I think you you raise a, a very important generational point. And again, I think while we're we're I'm a little bit older than you, probably we have a a, a similar uh, background in terms of the immigration and and. Uh, the generation of our family. And I think that you're right is that I think that there might be a basic misunderstanding that people may have about people of the older generation that they didn't care as much about politics or, or didn't want to be involved or didn't, it was more a product of the fact that it's always got to be food on the table first before you can, you know, help others. You need to be able to make sure that you have basicness, the basic necessities, uh, as well as the fact that with, with some of the language barriers and language issues, and educational issues, many of them felt uh, less inclined to throw their hat into uh, into the ring, which we have the benefit of of of, of being able to have used, um, you know, their hard work. We're we're sort of leveraging their hard work for 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 our success, and it would be a shame to to uh, dismiss that by not giving back to our community and giving back to our society to reward them for all the all their investment in us. That's right. So, so I agree with 100%. So it's exciting. It's an exciting, and you you have an uh, you have an exciting and diverse uh, district in an exciting and diverse county in Queens, and and you know for those who don't who are outside of Queens County, and, uh, they they may not fully fully understand. But Queens is a dynamic place. There's 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 everybody there. There's every type of food there. There's every type of person there. There's every type of of thing that, that that's going on. What do you see without going, you know, getting too far afield from from your personal story, but just in terms of what do you see right now as being the greatest challenge to the people in the district that, that you that you represent? You know, what is what is the greatest thing that is that is is on the minds of people in 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 the in the 40th Assembly District? Yeah, I I, I think. This, you know, we have a lot of diversity in my district. There, there's over 120 different languages that are spoke, that's spoken in my district alone. It's one of the most diverse places in the entire country. Um, and, and we have unique challenges as a result. You know, sometimes there's friction. Sometimes, you know, there's animosity, especially in places like New York City. And when everyone is trying to compete for a small piece of the pie that's left for them. You know, and, and you, can, you can get a little ugly at times. Um, but at the core, I think we're at a place where everyone is understanding that people, working families are struggling. You know, you know many of us are, are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, worry, that, worry about our insurance. And, 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 and I, I personally deal with my dad had a recently 
a health scare. And, you know, moments like those, like, really makes us worry about, you know, if something really bad happens, like, how are we going to be able to actually pay for it, you know? And, you know, if our insurance doesn't cover it. So these are common sure. problems, like, I think everyone, every American um, all around the country is having. And we just need, we just, you know, we, we got to work toward a better model that that makes the, the, the kids people at ease that you know our hard work is it's going to pay off you know and i think for many of us uh immigrants we are working hard you know like i see them you know working 60 70 hour shifts you know we get on the seven train whether it's sure. 4 p.m or 4 a.m it's completely packed with people going to work you know but all that hard work should pay off like they should you know they should have a savings they should be paying and getting ready to send their kids to college um but our data and statistics are showing that it's not no matter how hard you're working like people are still living in debt you know 80 you know 80 percent of us living paycheck to paycheck um in this country so that's a difficulty as a lawmaker that that i you know deal with every single day with my colleagues and trying to figure out like how do we how do we reverse this like how do we give dignity back to the workers so their hard work is meaningful that's great and, and i think it's 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 so incredibly important and let me ask you by way of we, we're talking here and and, and uh, as your role as a a role model and a, a, as somebody who inspires if you were to send a message to because because our, our audience is not simply only the 40th Assembly District, it's not only uh, simply New York, it's national, it's international. To somebody who is there, who has the desire to become more involved uh, in, their com- in their community, what advice would you give them as a place to, to start, um, you know, from a general standpoint? What, it, what is the way for somebody who's, who's there who says, you know what, I, I really want to make a change? And, and you know, and, and rather than sitting at my computer and, and, you know, being one of these Internet folks who, you know, every, we're all critics today. We all have the ability to, you know, write comments on the Internet. But how do we effectuate real change? What would be your, 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 your advice for somebody who's looking to, to throw their hat into to the ring, not necessarily for public office, but to be able to effectuate some sort of real change in their community? Yeah, and I think, I think the most important question that everyone needs to ask if they want to get involved in public service or, or politics is, is why? You know, why do you want to get involved? And, you know, we're good at answering questions like what do we need to do to get elected or how we need to, you know, move to get elected. But I think I think it's not as important in trying to constantly ask why do you want to serve others? And I I think the more you ask the question why, the more likely you get closer to a a long term purpose and a passion uh, to care for others. And once, uh, once you can get to that point, you know, there's, there's a million different ways you can get involved. You know, it's not just running for office. You know, we have community groups, we have senior centers, we have youth centers and mentors. There's so many needs all around us in every single tiny block around the country. And I think as long as you have, you, you find the core reason of why you want to get involved, um, you will. You can be a public servant and change people's lives every single day. That that is wonderful. That that is really wonderful, and 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 I think that's great advice. In the interest of time, as we wind down, I'll ask you 
generally, I know you may not be, you may not have fully decided and you may not be at liberty to say, but what, what's next for Ron Kim or what's the future for, for Assemblyman Ron Kim? Um, have you, have you thought down the road or, or, or is it something that's still up in the air? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to be in politics uh, forever. I told my wife when I first ran that I'm going to do this for a certain amount of time and trying to get things done. I don't want to be a career politician. Uh, I think we need to figure out how do we ch- how to pass on the baton. That's that's more of an important question for me than trying to figure out what I want to be next. You know, I think for me, it's always about what do, what do I want to do um, for our community. And there's a difference between wanting to be someone and actually wanting to do something. And I think I think I have I have a whole lifetime to do something positive for the community, and it doesn't have to be in politics. And I think more politicians should. Be willing to actually serve their time and give up their seat and passing the baton to the next wave of leaders. That's the only way our democracy would thrive in this country. I love it. I think it's, a, it's that that is truly sound advice, and I and I do also truly believe that the perpetuation of of political dynasty is never beneficial to a community. That. Yep. The idea of of doing something positive and then moving on and 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 teaching people to 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 fill in your slot and 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 generationally getting better and better is is so important. So I'm glad to hear you say that. If people wanted to get in touch with you, um, people in your district or people that needed something uh, or had questions about the New York State Assembly, what would be the best? Um, avenue for for people in the public to do that should they go to the assembly website or is there a district website or some sort of a um you know email for the assembly that they could get in touch with yeah, you with any questions yeah, that they yeah. have you can you can look me up at, at ronkim.com uh, and um you can fill out a, a, a contact form there or email me directly at info at ronkim.com and we're super responsive through our emails and, and our contact forms and our website. Wonderful, and I will make sure that when we when we post this uh, uh, podcast and 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 the related article that we will put that contact information in the um, in the show notes. Assemblyman Ron Kim, I know that you're a busy man, and I thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Um, I thank you for your public service and and for most of all for being somebody who is positive and inspiring to. Uh, to young people, and and I think our you know the future is in good hands with uh, more people like you um, at the helm. So thank you so much on behalf of all of our international listeners at Taekwondo Life Magazine for talking to us today. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Very good. Thank you, Assemblyman. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.